You're listening to Real Talks Dominate Your Real Estate Business, a podcast for realtors. Every week, your host, Charlie Bengal, sits down with experts in the real estate industry to discuss ways to become a more successful business owner. So lots to talk about today. First, who would have thought, everybody? who would have thought that five months ago, we would now be looking at a, a breaking the record compared to last year of home sales. I mean, no. five months no. ago, things were, I mean, stopped. There were some states where realtors like, couldn't leave their houses, right? Yep. And now we're looking at what, you know, more than likely we're going to sell more homes in 2020 than we did in 2019. I mean, just it's just a remarkable comeback to mm-hmm. housing. And obviously, um, the way this crisis um, hit, uh, I think it did um, affect disproportionately lower income folks that were mm-hmm. not in the buyer pool to begin with. Yes, that's a discussion for another day, yes. probably. But you know, then the um, you know the the uh, low interest rates have kept buyers in the market as well. So I'm just it's it's just really an amazing story. Unlike the Great Recession, it's like you know housing is one of the um, props to this economy right now, right? Yeah. Uh, I would like to talk to you a little bit today about the Tom Ferry Summit. We're going to be doing this next Wednesday as well. So we just had two and a half days of the Tom Ferry Summit. Those of you that don't know, it's about 20 hours of live content. And there's breakout sessions in addition to, I mean, what a couple dozen hours of breakout sessions, I would say. So you and I have not been through all the content because there's just not enough hours in the day, you know, during the first week. Uh, I want to start with, we were having a little bit of a discussion uh, before the show about potential and agents' potential and why they don't do certain activities. Uh, And Tom was telling a story to wrap up last night of he got into snowboarding. Mm -hmm. This is, I think this is part of Tom 5.0, which I thought was brilliant, by the way. So so, so Tom Tom turned 50, I think in August. Um, And instead of saying Tom at 50, he's saying Tom 5.0. Uh-huh. So, you know, we're going to have a Charlie, you know, 4.4 coming up here in the next couple of months, I think, because it sounds so much better than 44. Um, he was talking about, you know, the he went, you know, to some mountain to go uh, skiing and snowboarding with some friends. It sounded to me like most of the friends were skiing. Anyway, he got up to the top of the mountain um, and he's like, you know, this is the greatest thing. I'm never going to ski again. Snowboarding is going to be my thing, my deal. And then he gets to the edge and he looks down and the angle of, you know, the starting point, and maybe you ski, you're from Colorado. I've skied twice in my life. It's not something that, frankly, I ever want to do again. Um, <laughs> I don't like heights. I don't like the cold. I'm afraid of slamming into a tree. You know, it, it's just not my thing, right? Well, I um, think snowboarding at 50 is really a bad idea. But anyway, <laughs> skiing, so, snowboarding is dangerous. Especially after a hip replacement. But anyway, so he's standing on the edge, right? And he's looking down. And the angle, right, is seems very steep. Mm-hmm. And as he's telling the story, he was basically saying, you know, in reality, it's probably like this, but, you know, I'm thinking it's like this. Yeah. And he didn't say the drunk monkey, but he was certainly referring to the drunk monkey, which I don't sure. think he actually uttered that term during Summit. But the drunk monkey sits up here on our shoulder and chirps in our ear and mm-hmm. talks to us about, you know, all the reasons why we shouldn't do something. You know, all the reasons why we shouldn't knock on that door, all the reasons why we shouldn't do that video, all the reasons why we shouldn't make our calls, you know. Yeah. So the drunk monkey was clearly on Tom's shoulder, right, talking to him about why he shouldn't go. Yeah. You know, oh, I can just walk back down. 
I'll get more steps in that way. He said, my pedometer will love it, right? And then I think a friend just it eventually just shoved him. shoved him, right? So it's almost like the kid that needs to be shoved into the pool because you know they can swim, but they don't think they can swim, right? Or when you're holding on to the kid's bike, the training wheels are off, but you're holding on to the bike and they're going down the road. And then eventually what? You let go of the bike and off yeah. they pedal. Yeah. Right. So, and Joseph McClendon talked about this some on when was it? Tuesday, Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Um, about why we don't do certain things. So, I, I'd like to kind of just talk about that for a minute. Yeah. What, you know, what is it that keeps us, you know, that allows these limiting beliefs to keep us from greatness? Especially when <clears throat> in some of these cases, We've gone to this conference, it's virtual this year. We're a part of this amazing ecosystem, really too, right? The Remax ecosystem is the greatest real estate sales force on the planet, you know, yeah. for a brand. There's no question about it, right? So we're part of this, we're part of the Tom Ferry ecosystem, which is significantly smaller, but I mean, talk about top producers, my, you know, my goodness, right? Yeah. Um, so there's people that are involved in the ecosystem. There's people that we know, there's people that we coach, um, and they just, don't ever let it go. They mm. just don't ever, you know, they would pick up the snowboard and they would walk back down the mountain, mm-hmm. right? Instead of going down the mountain, right? Sure. Um, what, what is that? Like, what is, what does, what holds people back? They see all the examples mm-hmm. of, you know, the greatness of, in the plans. Yeah. This is what you need to do. Gary Vaynerchuk yesterday, right? It's like, this is what you need to do. Yeah. Get over yourself, one, and then this is what you need to do. Yeah. Um, one of his examples yesterday, and then I'll 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 get to my point and to your question, <laughs> was you know, Facebook. And there's all this rancor around Facebook and politics, and they're not controlling the message, they're allowing fake news and you know ugly messages to be on Facebook and this is like this huge problem right Facebook needs to be regulated sure. Mark Zuckerberg needs to do his job this and that so you have these people that are like acknowledging that Facebook is very clearly <clears throat> a huge platform to get news out yeah right and yet the vast majority of real estate agents will not go on there and just do a just do a quick little a free video. So it's on this side. It's this needs to be regulated. There's too many you know. There's too many eyeballs on this. It has too much influence. Sure. Yet there's agents that are like they see that right. They're almost part of that complaining party, sure. if you will. Sure. And yet they don't use it to their advantage, or Instagram, or Twitter, or LinkedIn. This is all free. I'm not talking about paid ads. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about just talking to people who are already connected with us. Mm-hmm. And they don't do it. They don't do it, right? And you have these experts that are like, this is what I do and I make X dollars per year, right? This is literally my plan. Here is my plan from A to Z about how I made $500,000 yeah. last year. Yeah. And agents take the plan. They get excited about it. Sure. Plan, right? They put it's it in. It's contagious. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. right? It goes in a notebook, it goes in a file, and then they go right, they revert right back to what they've always done. Yeah. Which in some cases it's great, in some cases it, you know, it, it's mediocre. Sure. But in all cases, I would argue with this group that I'm talking about, 
it's not where they want to be. Sure. You know, they they all want to be here. Huh. They're here. Yeah. But then they don't make the change, right? Sure. They know what to do. Yeah. So like, what, you know, what what is that? Is it the why? Is it not revisiting the why or the vision, as McClendon said? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious about your opinion because I think we, you and I both at times get frustrated with we can see, especially with certain people, we can see they have it, right? Or they know 500 people and they don't call them. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you're leaving money on the table. This is hurting you, your family, your future, right? You know, and, you know, it, it we just... Or they have a free ticket to summit and they just don't participate for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and they don't, you know, read our emails about it, do our huddles, you know, all the f- extra free stuff, you know, we 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 give this week. Yeah. And instead of thirty-two people on, I get fifteen. Yeah. You know, what what why? Why is that? You know, maybe this is like a rhetorical question, right? Maybe if you and I solved this problem, we would be gazillionaires and you know Well, <clears throat> the thing of it is everybody has solved this problem, but it's just gonna the, the listener is gonna have to hear it in the right way at the right time, right? right? So I think the the really uh, simple encapsulation that I took away actually from Tony Robbins Business Mastery two weeks mm-hmm. ago is that in order to well, and McClendon said it, it's 80% psychology. Yep. So within that 80% psychology, Tony Robbins says, you have to first change your state, which okay. is your energy, your confidence, yep. you know, your phys- the blood, yes. Flow, yes. your happiness. Your And I'll tell you, at the end of yesterday, Charlie, I was kind of like, can I just watch Netflix? Like mm. I, I was pretty tired, right? But this morning I'm fired up again. Oh, sure. Yep. You know, I'm with you guys. You know, it's like I, I get excited. So we've got to change our state, get with positive people eat better, move your body, you know, create the opportunity mm-hmm. of change. Okay. So you got to change your state, change your body state, changes your mental state, change your state, change your story. And that's that whole, I'll never do that. Or I couldn't, or I'm from this, or I never have in the past or whatever story you have about your organization or tech savvy nature or whatever it is, whatever story yep. you have about what you're capable of. The truth is everything that's happened before is so far behind you Everything is, you know, here forward, here we are at this point in time. You can change your story about that. But then number three is to change the strategy. And I think a lot of people psych themselves out with, like, they get pumped up and they commit to a strategy that wouldn't possibly work for them, okay? And I have coaching clients come to me and say, Vaynerchuk is my favorite. I'm so inspired. Mm-hmm. I'm going to six hours a day on uh platforms no one's ever heard of. I'm doubling down on Tumblr. And I'm like, yep. who's going to show the houses? Like, the, yeah, but Gary V said, I said, right. he's not a realtor. Like, it, you know, do you have an assistant? Have you called your past clients? So what we have, it's not to say there's anything wrong with what Gary V shared. It's amazing. There's a lot to learn there. Mm-hmm. But when you say, I'm just taking whole cloth, the business plan from a man who has, say, 20 buyer's agents and four full-time marketing experts, and now that's my business plan. Mm-hmm. It's like, how? How is that your business plan? So change your state, change your story, change your strategy. And having a coach can be somebody who helps you craft an actionable strategy. And everything, Tom said this repeatedly, everything is possible in increments, right? There is a compound effect to right. doing the little things and making the little adjustments. So this is what I think, Charlie, I think we all have our own stories about who we are. We all have our own uh, skill set. And and my favorite thing to say lately, even to my kids, is to ever say, well, I'm not naturally good at, 
fill in the blank, right, is laziness. Like to assume that we all fell out of the womb with the careers that we would have, yep. with all the skills, with all the knowledge, with everything that we would ever have is ridiculous, yep. right? That's not a thing. So when you have an opportunity to take something on, you're like, ooh, I want that. Now just figure out how do I build one of those? How do I learn that? How long would it take me to be fluent in Portuguese? I don't know. I'm going to have to learn one word at a time, right? right? I heard someone speak and now I want Portuguese. How come I don't speak it now? Well, what efforts have you made, right? And somehow we think in real estate, it's supposed to be osmosis. Um, and I think that's just a misunderstanding. So I wanna you know, encourage everyone, all of this is possible for you, but you need to build a strategy that you are capable of tackling one step at a time. I like that. And part of what you said also was this belief in ourselves. You know, how many listing appointments do people go on and they're not prepared, right? They're yeah. not, uh, you know, and they wing it and they, sure. they almost go in thinking they're going to lose. Mm. And then on the flip side, those that do, they have the skills, they're not practiced enough. They have the materials, they have it down. Um, maybe they just don't have enough deals under their belt. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's this, again, the drunk monkey. Right. Yeah. And I, and I thought, I think it was Tom yesterday and I, I I'm flubbing the quote. Um, but it's something along the line of, I'm the best agent for this job. Mm -hmm. I believe in my service, mm -hmm. hire me and let's get to work. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I think that, that, yeah. How many agents actually say that? Right. Or is it just, there's some objections. We handle it, you know, okay, we'll get back to you. Okay. Have a great day. And then off we go. Um, I just, well, you know, diagnosis, you know, what if, what if you don't think you're the best agent for the job? Like, what but if why? you're right? But I'm right. saying, do some diagnostics. Yeah. Right? What if you were experiencing some physical symptoms? Should you just make an assumption about what's wrong with you, or should you do some diagnostics? And mm -hmm. then it's something to be done about it. Right. right. There always is. So if the thing holding me back is, I actually don't think I'm the right agent for the job. I don't know that market. I've never sold yeah. like me. <laughs> well, neither did the current big gun in your marketplace. Right. Right. They were newly licensed once. Yep. They didn't know their head from a hole in the ground. Everybody starts somewhere. And I think this is this is the thing I really want to encourage everyone is quit believing you should have been born knowing this because that's just a, an absolute uh, myth. Mm -hmm. The best agent in the industry was not born that way. Right. right. They worked for it. Yep. Uh, so just don't be afraid of work. Don't be afraid to pick up the weights and curl. I like that. Good. Um, <laughs> What other takeaways do you have? And we're going to spend, you know, time next week talking about some takeaways. I thought that, and I didn't take notes because the slides, you know, were rather comprehensive, but Jason Pantana and his total marketing checklist. Sure. Like, like from A to Z, I, I would chunk it down into almost like beginner, intermediate, advanced, right? Because um, presented the whole 18 things is a bit overwhelming. Sure. Um, I thought that that was that was excellent, and you know that that's something you know that we can certainly um, you know, repurpose and make available to those that are watching the show um, once we get the material next week. Um, so I thought that was good, but there was also this theme, constant theme throughout the conference of you've got to make your calls. Yeah, the best agents make their calls, yeah. no matter what. 
no matter what, right? And I think Pantana said something about, you know, if you don't have an hour a day for your calls, then there's like a critical inefficiency in your business. Yeah. And yet we hear often, yeah. I didn't have time for my calls. Yep. I had too many deals working. I had this happen or that happen, right? Um, so I thought that it was interesting that, you know, and Tom, I felt like the focus this summit was more on calls than video. Mm-hmm. You know, like last year it was like video, 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 video. I mean, it was like drilled into our heads, yeah. you know? This this year I felt like there was more of this focus on calls and you need to be making your calls because the best agents make their calls no matter what. And if you shake enough bushes, enough business is going to come. If you talk, whoever talks to the most people wins in this business, well, right? And if you don't know a lot of people, then you got to go meet people. Yeah. Well, there's there's brand. There's you know putting it out there. There's marketing. Yep. And then there's connection, right? And and he, actually, at one point, he clarified texting. You know, and, and I have to watch my language as a coach because when I say calls, um, people take me super literally, and then right. they kind of shut down and they get upset. And so I need to change it to conversations. You know, you need to be talking to people. Yep. That could be face to face. That could be texting. You know, there's lots of ways to converse with people. It has to be a conversation, though. <clears throat> but that's different than marketing, right? Marketing yep. hopefully attracts people to your service and reinforces the value of your brand and your service and then making those connections that's how you serve the need in the moment right if all you ever did was run ads about a certain type of car and there were no car lots and nobody ever got to test drive them and you never got to talk to them about their needs um it'd be harder to convert uh and the the other thing that i was so gratified to hear tom say is that you're not or maybe it was Vaynerchuk. He said, real estate is the easiest thing. You're not selling anything. You know, you're not, you're not asking them to buy shoes or perfume or, you know, it's when they need to buy a house or sell a house, you'll be there. Right. In the meantime, you've got to be clear about what value you have so that you'll be the, Oh, what was the term? You'll be the choice. You know, it'll be choice, not chance. Yes, right. <clears throat> right. Yep. So that's what marketing is about. And and the thing that I say to my coaching clients is if you're providing enough industry information on a regular basis, when you call and say, how are you? How is back to school going for you? You don't have to find a way to then like butter them up and then insert, will you please send me referrals? Because real estate is already top of mind. Yep. You don't have to remind them that you're a real estate agent. Right. They remember. Um, but I think that that's the... <clears throat> that's the two-part touch is to be marketing and providing good value and then be connected. I like that. Uh, switching gears a bit. Um, we'll talk more next week about some of the breakout sessions, but there was a little, you know, there was some, there was some conversation around finances and around taxes. I went to a tax breakout, which was way over my head. Mm. Um, I, it's rare that I listen to somebody speak and think this person is like so much smarter than me. It's like, it's just like, you know, and I'm not trying to be like an egomaniac or whatever, but normally I can, I feel like I can keep up. Yeah. Um, but this guy, this tax attorney dude from, you know, Anderson, I think is the name of the company, um, made explicitly clear with examples that if you are an agent only being paid as a sole proprietor mm-hmm. and not using an LLC, uh, you know, with an S corp or another method, you are leaving money on the table right. and you are leaving yourself open, significantly more open to audit. Right. And he had the stats and it was like 0.2% of 
S-Corps are audited per year, two and a half percent of sole proprietors are audited a year. And somebody might think, well, that's not that big of a difference. It's mm. a massive difference. Mm. And then I think it was something like 90% of the sole proprietors lose an audit, meaning you owe something, mm -hmm. and about two thirds of the other setup, um, you know, lose. It's so he said that as if you're if you're if you're set up properly, you should be audited once every five hundred years. Um, so <laughs> well, to not intimidate the listeners, and you said this guy was kind of overwhelming. The basics is go set up an LLC operating as an S corp. Yep, and it's not hard, and don't do it yourself. Pay yes. Please talk to an accountant that knows real estate. If your accountant specializes in doctors and dentists, reconsider, right? Get a referral from somebody who specializes in home office deductions, mileage deductions, the gifts, the meals, the yard signs, all that stuff can structure you into getting it, you know, into a solo 401k, right? You know, so I, that was a, you know, Tom talked more, you know, about kind of the finances and, you know, where, you know, where we want to be. And I have that somewhere. Um, he was saying that the goal is 70% pre-tax profitability. Um, and that was probably the best little piece that I, you know, he talked about writing the check, you know, to yourself. Maybe we talk a little bit more about that um, next week, Amy. But I thought that, you know, Really, this is something that I need to be doing as a leader of agents. Yeah. You know, uh, it's almost like I need to start a campaign of I go out and ask every agent, so how are you set up? And if they say sole proprietor, right? And I called out I called out one of my friends, Jonathan. Jonathan, you know Jonathan. Hi, hair Jonathan. He's set up as a sole proprietor. Wow. His brother-in-law is a freaking accountant. <laughs> We do need to be the evangelists. So anyway, um, you know, what if we could have, and there's no way to do the perfect list, but I was thinking, what if we had a list, a checklist of 10 things that are the have to, and yeah. I don't know what those 10 things would be. I That's know. a made up number. Cause yep. the, the problem is it could easily be a hundred things that are have yep. to, but maybe it could be five. Like seriously yep. people, there's a few things and they're not that hard. Don't right. get freaked out. Right. Now, if we ever say something and you're like, now I'm intimidated cause I don't know what that is. Google it. Put something in the comments. Ask yeah, us. Exactly. Ask. Yeah. Oh, Google, ask, comment. Sure. Yep. I promise. Yep. Agreed. Totally. Um, so yeah, that that would be one of the top five things, I think, right? Getting set up correctly. Uh, because the I think that it was if you were and I I I pull I took a million screenshots, right? So if if you made fifty thousand, which is less than almost everybody that we know sure. makes, right? Sure. Um, I believe that if you're set up properly, you're keeping about 5,000 a year. I think that that was the example. If okay. you're a sole proprietor, you're giving the feds yeah. 5,000 more dollars a year, yeah. um, which is a ton of money. So especially over a career. Um, so let's, let's leave it there. Um, I appreciated the conversation today. Yeah. Um, we will work on our, our list of you're going to be in this career for 30 years. Here's the 900 things that you need to do from, from, from day one all the way to year 30. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, always good to see you. Wait, Have a good we weekend. Yes. With a couple things that we're going to cover next week. Like, yeah. like Kofi Narti, I thought he was fantastic. There's so much to share about what he had to say. Um, I thought Vaynerchuk was as good as I've ever seen him. Um, yep. And there was something to be said for having him not be on the stage because he yep. gets so 
freaked out and excited. He gets kind of over the top. Yep. It was awesome to have him on video. Incredible notes there. And like you said, some other uh, breakout things. Andy sees things about open houses and farming. There is just so much for us to share with you. Uh, and Oriana Shea, she, it was funny. This was a, a session that was supposed to be on luxury branding. Mm. And it had been renamed in the system something else. So I couldn't find it. Oh. But I, so I'm looking for Oriana and Jeff May. So I find it. I get there. They're now talking about something completely different. I almost clicked away. Oh. Would have been a huge mistake, right? Because she talked about, and this is just stuff that we can just add to what we've been saying, Amy, yeah. the importance of a buyer consultation in order to win offers. And yep. one of the questions is, maybe this is one of the takeaways from today, is when you're talking to that buyer, how comfortable are you with competing? Mm-hmm. And you're having that conversation weeks before they compete. And then you know what their comfort level is. So it all starts with that. She talked about presenting the offer, putting your shoe, putting, putting yourself in the shoes of a listing agent. In other words, you don't send the offer in three different emails and say, well, this is coming tomorrow and all this and that, right? They're going to have 12 offers. It needs to be organized. So I thought her talk ended up being amazing. And I'm so pleased that I did not click away. Yeah. So I took like a whole page of notes. So that's something that I definitely want to go over next week as well. So we have lots of Let's lots of stuff for next week. Town hall style um, workshop or mastermind with your agents. Because this topic, like I feel like I'm repeating myself and people yep. are taking me out. But yep. I have been pounding this since we met. I have been pounding buyer presentation. Yep. Um, and of course we could say it's more important now than ever, but I think it always was. And not bringing the uh, buyer along and educating them about making right. wise financial choices for themselves yep. is a huge mistake. So I'd be up for it. We could have no, that's cool. people yep. on the screen and we could yep. talk about it. Like let's all get on the same page for once and for all. I was shocked. She said she had 12 offers on a recent property and only four people called her to follow up that she even got the offer. Wow. The rest just email. And then one of them ended up in spam. <laughs> the agent called her four days later after the deadline and said, so what's going on? And she's oh, like, well, who are you? Right. She looks through spam. She finds it. It would have been one of the best offers. Oh, they, were already, they were already ratified. Oh. Because the agent was asleep. You know, nobody's calling and building rapport. Yep. Right. Nobody's calling to follow up. I mean, this is really simple. And when she's telling you stories, I'm like, this is this is unbelievable stuff. Yeah. It's not. This is happening wherever she is in Southern California. So it's probably happening everywhere. Right. Yep. yep. So no, lots of topics for next week. Uh, always good to see you. Sorry, we're running a few minutes uh, over. Um, have a good weekend, Amy. Thanks for listening to Real Talks Dominate Your Real Estate Business.